This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Space Waffles and or the Relentless Show, a show where we relentlessly talk about the Andor series. I'm Arzu and with me are Candace. Hello there. I know that's the wrong show, but hello there. <laughs> Maggie. Hello. And Norhal. Hello there. So yes, Space Waffles is back. We had a bit of a hiatus. Um, it was a bit of a busy time, I think, for everybody. But we are back. We are ready to talk Andor. We are very, very excited about this new series. Um, yes, we're just gonna we're just gonna dive right into it. So we're gonna go character by character, like we did for Kenobi. Um, and we're gonna have some fun with it. But before we do that, because this is our first Andor episode, thoughts on the show so far? Because we've got three episodes to assess from. You can't see it, but Maggie's making a happy face, so that's a good way to start. She's making that, like, scary smile from the Smile movie face that, like, was really good marketing, I have to say. Like, A+. plus. Yes. She's doing that face. I think it's <laughs> okay. positive. Other than giant smiles, thoughts on Andor so far? Okay. Can I just say that I had to keep quiet about the show for, like, 50 freaking days, and this was the show that I've been waiting for since Disney Plus was announced. Like the day they're like, oh, we're doing Disney Plus and here's all the shows that we're doing. And I was like, I guess I'm getting this because Andor sounds like exactly my kind of thing. And then I get the screener so early and then they push it. And I'm just like, y'all are really testing. I felt like I was being tested. Like it was like a trick. Like, let's see if Maggie caves. Um, but yeah, I love everything about these first four episodes. I know we're only talking about the first three in this, but like the first four episodes are just like supremely good storytelling and everything that I could have wished for for this series, for Cassian, for Diego, I just, I love it. And I love that it's extremely deep. And I love that I could use the phrase, like, anthropologically speaking, because this is like such a beautiful, beautiful exploration of groups of people and dynamics in a situation like this. And it's everything that I've wanted from this era of Star Wars storytelling. It's so deep. Yeah, well, I I have to agree with Maggie. I think uh, these three first episodes were a great uh, introduction to where Cassian Andor as a character it is at this point. I mean, we knew him from Rogue One, but uh, from that point to get to that point, I think it's, uh, I like this introduction, like this origin story. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see from that, in that period, to see how he started in the rebellion but not how he started how the rebellion started at the same time because we have i think if it's a, it's a great it's a large puzzle from things we've seen in obi-wan kenobi and rebels to get together to where we got in row one and a new hope that's that's fantastic and candace how about you uh yeah we've been waiting for this for four years now i just it's just like obi-wan kenobi series We've like had four years to wait and it was worth the wait. I, yeah, I'm very excited that we're staying away from the Jedi for a little bit, you know? <laughs> and I'm liking that he's just messy. Yes. And he's, yes, boy. he's a hot mess and I love him for that. And I love that he is complicated and there are people who had to get their hands dirty for this rebellion. They're not just like all golden children like Luke is. Yeah. Yeah. He just comes from the farm and like then murders a bunch of people on the Death Star. (laughs) Luke. uh, I think that's an oversimplification, but yes. (laughs) I mean, Luke very much did kind of accidentally find the exact right person in the desert and then accidentally ended the hero of the rebellion. Whereas like Cassian is very much getting his hands dirty. He's you been know, getting his hands dirty. Getting his hands dirty. He's been fighting his way up. Um, yeah. He's been so getting he, his hands dirty in other ways, too, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm just saying, list. Like, he's got this list of women. I want to know where I can sign up. Is this like uh, MLM? Like, do I need to know somebody to join it? Is this, <laughs> like, how do I get in on this? Inquiring it sounds like he has a harem. I feel I like... I mean, I'll sign. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I feel like if you just talk to B2, he'll he'll hook you up, you know? He'll get you, okay, yeah. B2 will get me, yeah. Yeah, okay, B2, yeah, yeah, B2 keeps the list. That's why he was like, <laughs> you know, he was trying in. I just love how everyone is like 2460 done with Cassie and Andor. <laughs> like... They're just like, yeah, he's back. 
What do you want this time? You still owe me money. You want more money? You owe me money. It's just, it's, it's hilarious to me. Yeah. I, okay. So let's just, let's just kick it off with Cassie and then, um, as our man of the hour, the man of the hour, um, the hot mess. One general thing (laughs) I noticed, because like, you know, a lot of the stuff Diego Luna does is fairly serious unless he's like veering really like really comedic or like thinking like book of life, whatever, but or I'm it's getting... Katy Perry's music video. Oh, but very like, serious. I very hot. Yeah. How funny he is. Oh yeah. Like That's great timing. I really don't like that whole scene with his um, friends. There's like Vetch is one of them, I think. And I can't remember the other one who's actually saying you owe me money. But this whole scene where he's looking back and going, what? And you're just standing here? What do you mean? Did he put you up to this? Like this whole thing of going, I forgot. This guy genuinely has very good comedic timing. Oh, yeah. And oh, like, yeah. I know this show's going to get, you know, more serious, more hands dirty with the rebels. But like, I hope they don't stop that after this, like after this arc. Yeah. But yeah, so our messy boy. He's so messy. Also a funny boy. Yeah. So one of the things we got in this series, um, the long-awaited, I guess, Cassian Andor backstory. Yes. Which, for some reason, like, like I had assumed, you know, the line, like, I've been in this fight since I was six years old. I thought if we're getting a backstory, it's starting there. And it didn't. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of us were at first confused because, yeah, we I, I talked to Alice about this on Rogue Fun. Is that we assumed that meant he was 26 because also like the visual guides and everything. But they might have just changed that. Which makes sense because Diego Luna, I love you and you're gorgeous. But you are a 40-year-old man. It'd be weird if you're playing a 21-year-old right now. You know, it's fine. And you know what? That means that Cassian lived a little bit longer. Yeah. That's well, good. I know. Honestly, yeah. Because like I remember turning 26 and being like, wow, I'm now older than Cassian Andor. And it kind of sucked. So I do like the idea that he might have lived just a touch longer, but also like it's so interesting to me too. Like I know this has been like a this has been a point of discourse for the last couple of days, especially now that Star Wars has put out. They're like they're doing the guides again, like they did for Clone Wars, which is crazy. Um, but I think it's it's interesting that he could be any age uh, because of his situation. Wait, um, he's just stressed, you know? He's it's stressed. Also, yeah, and he's also a he's a child that doesn't speak basic that was taken by people. I'm sure they just made up a birth date for him on his records. Oh yeah. yeah. Not accurate. What like, I told Alice was I bet his, his adopted mom is just trying to make him seem younger because she knows he's trouble and she doesn't want him tried as an adult. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, if we just keep yeah. him as a child for as long as possible. Exactly. Be like, Oh no, though, you know, teens, teens just causing trouble, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Meanwhile, he's forty. Yeah, or what, yeah. I, or what I thought is that we see in in Canary that they're only children or or youngsters. So, uh, mm-hmm. what I thought is that maybe six years was the age that we had was left uh, with yeah uh, with all the kids. Yeah, that might have been like when all the adults like that was my thinking. Was yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. That the Republic, I guess it was the Republic at the yeah. time. Yeah, is, initially is, is I thought it was the Empire. Now I'm like, oh, so did I. But also and then the Marva the... says Republic Cruiser, and then like well, then and the, and the, the people end... were separatists though. They had the separatists yeah. on their yeah, so on their arm. Basically but the Empire. the quarry that I guess employed the adults on Canari, like I assume, was Republic owned. But yeah. Marva it might have been separatist owned, honestly. They, but maybe she was talking about another instance where they called they killed Republic officers, not the specific. Yeah, shit. it was very. I think it was meant to be open-ended like that. It felt mm-hmm. very much like one of those things where it's open to inter- a certain point of view. It's open to interpretation. But it, it is interesting now with the idea that maybe it was the Republic that decimated the mining village. Mm. Because is, it well, is showing that all sides are kind of not super great. Yeah, well, well no, if you like, think about it, both had Palpatine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So like, pretty much it's like the Republic since... Phantom Menace, when Paps took over, has really been the Empire and everything but name at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, and then there was plenty of people, like, I think it was also the visual guides, or it's alluded to in the novelization that Cassian's people were part of the Separatist movement or were aligned with the Separatist. Okay, so then if the Separatists own the quarry that where all the adults died, 
No, I mean that they are against the Republic because that's what I mean. Like the mining is mining there. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. I thought it's like a separatist zone. Okay. But what I was going to say is we know we're getting Sagarera in this show at some point. So it's another extreme hot mess. Yay. But that's okay because they're not like (laughs) shying away from showing the fact that like I, I hate using the phrase both sides because it's become so overused, but like nobody in this government is a hundred percent altruistic and a hundred percent has everybody's best interests at heart. I agree. Like everybody is self-serving at the end of the day. And I think that the fact that they're not shying away from that is extremely refreshing. I only have one complaint about Cassian's childhood that Diego Luna didn't look like that when he was 10 years old. <laughs> I know. We know he was exactly. He a beautiful, what chubby boy. I love he really he was, was such a little chubby boy. He was so precious. <laughs> well, he couldn't be chubby because he had a. They were all fighting and hunters. I know, and... right? I know, but he was so cute. His little baby cheeks. I love that. I love when there's actors that you know exactly how they looked when they were kids because there's like there's evidence. <laughs> it makes I me know. so happy. Uh, I so on a totally different note about his childhood, I am obsessed with how they have explored his childhood. I was so happy to see that they did not use any sort of translation for the Canary mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really interesting, especially just reflecting on some of the stuff that Diego said in the, the lead up to this about this being an immigrant story. Um, and that felt very true to that as well as like being kidnapped essentially. Like what more yeah. of Van, uh- Van Clem <laughs> do is good like they think that he's going to get killed and so they're like oh you know the road to hell is paved in good intentions but they're taking a child from his planet from his culture they're not thinking i mean like clem's like you need to think long and hard about what you're about to do like so he obviously understands the gravity of it but like they don't put any thought into the fact that they're literally taking him away from his like they don't know if his parents are dead they don't know if he has a family out there they know nothing Mm -hmm. about his sister And, like, sure, like, obviously he's led a very happy life. Like, he loves Marva. She is his mother. But we see from the very, very first episode of this series that he still has a hole in himself because he is looking for his sister. He is still actively looking for that part of him that was forcefully taken away from him. And I think it's such a good story. And I was saying this on um, Alberto's show this weekend, like, there's there's an element to this that I wish that we had had this kind of level of exploration for a character like Den, who has mm-hmm. a very similar yes. situation where he was, again, for a good reason, taken from his parents because it was to save his life. But ultimately, he was taken away from his like culture that he could have been raised in and then raised in something else that erased his identity. And that kind of dichotomy is such an interesting story to explore, especially since both are done for good reasons and i'm like i wish we had had this because i think that would give a little bit depth or like more depth for that character Mm -hmm. and i'm glad to see star wars is like actually we can explore these really heavy really relevant Mm -hmm. themes because i mean we see this happening in present day to children who are being taken away from their their cultures and like you know it's good intentions right something like that but it's, it's interesting and it's interesting to see that like I feel like Diego is definitely influencing some of this like as an executive producer considering how strongly he feels about a lot of things like somebody pointed out like the the way that the deforestation kind of vibes of Canari is very similar to like the Amazon forest and like things that Diego is like personally interested mm-hmm. in so it's just it's interesting to see how this the show is exploring these things yeah and now that you mentioned I, I totally agree because I saw that comparison like this similarity with Dan's backstory and especially the flashbacks how beautifully they were portrayed and you see that when she when he's living with marva canary you see that at the same time in the present time you see him leaving ferrix and that's so powerful Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of intense like he's moving like literally he's going starting a new chapter in his life Mm -hmm. and both of them are done technically against his will because he yeah. doesn't really have a choice with Luthen. Like, sure, like, Luthen is like, come with me and I'll do all this stuff. But he doesn't have a choice because if he stays, he's going to die. It's the same situation. So it's just, it's interesting. Great. Yeah. Candace. 
Oh, I was saying, yeah, he has to have some input or someone does because just, you know, looking at the writer's list, no offense to white men, but they're all white men. They're all literally all I was very I was a bit nervous when I saw the the credits before I saw this mm-hmm. series because I was like, oh, yay. <laughs> but it is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but no, they um but I do like that a lot of them are writing the arcs together are writing arcs, you know, they're writing and we have like a female director, Susanna White for the next few episodes, which is great cuz honestly, some of my favorite Star Wars episodes have been directed by women. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Well, by the time you're listening to this, we yeah, will have so seen episode today. 4, but um one thing I will say on the note of like having a white male writer's room is sometimes you'll, you'll have that and it'll be very, they think they're telling an accurate immigrant story and it's just what, what they think that looks like. But it is like Maggie was saying, like you do see Diego's input in that it, it feels authentic in a way that even the best intended white man wouldn't get simply because that hasn't been their experience. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, like you have your creatives picked for whatever reason, but then seeing an asset like Diego Luna that you have who can help you tell a more authentic story, like obviously because of how well received this show is obviously winds up with a better story because it is a more authentic one. And yeah, I think it shows like how passionate everyone working on this is. It comes out in the episodes. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad I was wrong. My worrying was wrong. It's nice being wrong about stuff like this. I will be sus when I see that. All right. I'm sure Messy Boy Cassian's going to come up some more, but do we have anything? Of course. Can we we go to Mara now? Yeah, let's talk Marva. Let's talk about Mama Andor. She just yeets that boy. (laughs) (laughs) I really did. (laughs) Like, She's like, well, guess we have a son now. Comes like, what? Really, no questions asked. She's just like, yep, this is what we need in our life. Well, at least Clem's just like, okay. Clem's like, okay. are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Sure, sure. Be for real right now. And at least this time, she's being nice with the adopted boy. Unlike, <laughs> I mean, just thinking of Fiona Shaw. Your Aunt Petunia suspicion Petunia, kicks yeah. in. And you're like, wait, he has his own room? With, like, <laughs> oh personal effects? But, yeah. Oh Marva Andor. Um, I Fiona love... Shaw. Oh. oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just Fiona Shaw was great playing, like, the flashback, like, yeah. years ago. Uh, and then the older. Yeah. Present day. And she's so worried about her little age but of she... chaos. But, and you know what? Boy. She has a right to be when she's like, "Who did you tell? <laughs> Who have you been yapping to?" I'm like, I was like, just like, "Is that your pillow talk?" Like, so yeah, I, I tell everybody I'm from Fest, but I'm actually from Canary. You can call me Cass if no, you want Ma- to. Maggie, okay. it's not pillow talk. It's it's sad boy. Don't it's you seduction talk? Well, it's, exactly, it's seduction talk. Straight to bed. Yeah, it, listen, he's it's just he shows up talk. at the bar or the cantina or whatever with this. Like to add to this list of women, and they're already like, this guy looks like Diego Luna, so they're already interested. <laughs> yes, this is like the end world. They're like, they love of course, yeah. Like, do we blame yeah. Tim? Like, if like Diego Luna was looking at my partner that way, you know, come on, no, no, no. But he's looking at these <laughs> girls, looking the way he does, and they're already interested. And then he just busts out some, like, I don't know what the language is called, so I'm going with Canari. He busts out some Canari, and they're like, whoa, and that's how the list gets longer. So it would work on me. <laughs> I I mean. Well, I mean, really, Diego Luna just has to look at us and we're like, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, yep. it's difficult. On board. Before Literally. Yep. <laughs> I do. I do. So, yes. So he's got his list that has Marva very stressed. But it's just, it goes back to the comedic timing <laughs> thing I was saying before. Of their, like, of this yeah. back and forth. She's like, well, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. They're just family. And he's like, no, we are making the list. Like, just like who? who have you told i get that he's an adult 
but it's like that thing of it doesn't matter how old you get he's an adult man but i don't think he's a taxpayer no 100 percent no no he's still on her insurance no but you know like no matter that's actually why we don't know how old he is because he doesn't want to turn 25 yeah he doesn't want to get off his parents insurance yeah Marv's still claiming he has a, him as a dependent. <laughs> Marva's like he's going to be a dependent for the rest of his life. Like, and I don't mean because of Scarif. I mean, she never thinks he's going to get his own insurance. <laughs> but they obviously, like, care a lot about about each other, which. Mm-hmm. Like, it's but, obvious. Like, yeah, I'm sure that that tension of. Her having taken him away without him knowing sort of what happens to his sister, what happens to the other kids, to a place where he doesn't speak the language and nobody understands him. And that trauma versus like genuine affection that he does have for her, like, I'm sure that's going to come up again. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be interesting to explore. He loves some trauma. I love love boys with trauma. That's like... My go-to list. Yes. Star Wars gives me all the trauma boys. They do it so well. So well. Also, like, adding to his trauma, this is something that, like, occurred to me way after the episode, was him being in the brothel right off the top looking for his sister. Oh. I had just thought, I'm like, okay, he's looking for his sister. Like, they lost track of each other at some point in the last few years. And then putting it together way after the fact, going, no, 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 the last time he saw her... She was like six years old. So that's the only face he's got in his mind. Chasing her on all these seedy places around the galaxy adds an extra level of devastation to what is already a very sad story. Do we think, like speaking of a sister, do we think she's the one in the trailers with the hood on that's like obviously somewhere Empire-ish? I don't know. Okay, because I keep seeing her in the trailers and I don't know who the actress is. And I keep being like, is that his sister? Does she work for the Empire? Oh my God. Which would just be. Okay, okay. But let, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm going to be on my rebel captain shit for a moment. Go for it. Yes. If if it turns out his sister is somehow working for the Empire, it is going to give me rebel captain, like, the way that these two were two halves of the same coin. If they have a family member working for the Empire, if they were taken in by someone like Saw, like Marva, if they have been running, if they've been arrested, have, if they have been like dealing with all of this stuff their entire lives, and like they're 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 the same, and like now that we've seen Child Cassian and Child Jen, like just mm-hmm. the way that the sh- I feel like the show is just like intentionally hurting me, because like <laughs> I just keep thinking about that, like they're making them into like perfect halves of the Sanxies. same story yeah mm-hmm. well yeah and it makes their death even worse because they would have been so perfect together because they understand because they're broken in the same ways yes we love our trauma girls too they're fine <laughs> they both got off scare if they're just living but, a quiet but, life somewhere because they're done with yeah think about how they're... that recontextualizes him not shooting her dad exactly i was oh, just about yeah. to say okay yeah mm-hmm. same wavelength yeah. Like, yeah it's it's like because he's imagining like seeing his sister after so long it's the same around the same amount of time probably uh, Jen being separated from her father where she was for she was raised by someone else but also just relating it back to Rogue One when he um who's the rebel informant and he just like straight up murders like the very first Tiv- scene Tivik Tivik yeah. Tivik yeah if you compare that to the beginning of this episode the first episode the look on his face when he has to like he accidentally kills that man and then he's like oh no I can't have any witnesses then you compare it to five years later just how he's accepting it and it's going to be very interesting to see like this path he's on to where he gets to that point but there is the sort of for him the personal context shift right because he is all he's looking for his sister. He needs to stay off the map because he owes people money and also because he's in an industrial zone he's not supposed to be in. And like it's like several shades of illegal, whereas like operating as a rebel spy, as a rebel informant feels like it's extra illegal, but it also feels less illegal because he has that structure behind him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like him killing the informant in Rogue One to him feel maybe not to him, but like in my mind feels more like 
permissible, like it's easier to get away with than yeah. it is in this case. So it's like interesting to see how it's going to like shift <sighs> for him from these like super illegal murders to a less illegal murder. Actually, <laughs> I wouldn't disagree completely because the one in the first episode is him just protecting himself. Yeah. I it was self-defense. Those guys were yeah, also a cap. So well, yes. yes. There is a really interesting thread that somebody wrote about that whole scene and the things that they call him and the whole thing. And it, oh, yeah, I really oh, I looked up Diego Luna's height after right, when they're like this little guy. I'm like, he's five freaking ten. What are you guys talking about? He's a little guy. Sorry, <laughs> on, Maggie. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know just, what it I mean. Really, it was yes. Uh, honestly, I had to look that up too because I was like, I just stood directly in front of him and he did not seem small. So, yeah, it's just he it's because there's layers to that. And I think, again, looking back on even though the writer's room is mostly white guys, it definitely seems like Diego probably helps them with some of that because it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really good references that a this scene you can understand. The scrano and yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole the, you came whole, thing, the whole dialogue. Yes, the whole thing. Um, yeah, just it's colonization, obviously, on my mind because Queen Lizzie, I guess R.I.P. You know, <laughs> but like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. Rest in, you mean rest in pieces, right? No. <laughs> Listen, the world is a mess. Just me and yes, my fellow friends who have um family friends who still remember colonization and our family we're having some interesting talks about that and that's just like what you get so much with the empire i mean it's literally called the empire and yeah. just what you're getting from these people and a corporation too it's huh? such a it's insane that disney's talking about like but uh, disney's not like that they're yeah, but, not an evil corporation <clears throat> a giant corporation that takes over a whole town like a giant mouse with a gun just broke in my room guys we need to stop talking <laughs> we love disney actually yes. like i'm saying that like i don't have a wall of mini mouse ears in front of me but um <laughs> yeah i know like i feel like we've talked around the empire enough so why don't we talk about everybody's favorite has a stick up his butt corporate officer cyril karn yes can i wait can i do a little rant just for a second Oh no, Arzu, don't okay. Why the hell is anybody simping for this little white? Because he's a little No Wait, 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 wait. No. He he there's no redeeming qualities. I saw somebody say, Oh, maybe he's the next fulcrum. Oh I can't wait to see him be redeemed. Why? Because why? Because he's like a little hux. But he's baby hux. He's a baby hux. Call, call I think Candace though. is currently plotting on how to cancel the show before I know, it like, airs. <laughs> yeah, just, insert I swear, them, you like, put, you put any evil white guy in front of this fandom and people simp for him. Yes! Like, yes! <laughs> yes! Come on, guys! I literally, when I was watching this, <sighs> so this was like the funniest part of it. So like, I was watching my mom and like, as soon as he, he happened, I was like, oh, this is going to be Twitter's favorite white guy of the month. And then as soon as the, as soon as he mentioned that he had like tailored his outfit, my mom went, "That is disgusting. I hate this man. I cannot wait to watch him die." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm with, I'm with Mama. Love it." She was just like, "That is disgusting. He's so ate up in his own stupidity." My no, I, heard, I, I just saw wanted, somebody I just, compare him to Mall Cop, and I'm like, "Yes, um, Mall Cop with like." But that's what's so funny about him. So my explanations will have to be saved for like a waffles after dark, but oh no, waffles after dark. Oh, so, he's so uptight. Like you just can't help but want to see. <laughs> he cries All before, during, and after. After, yeah. <laughs> no, just, but, just but why? Why does anyone want him redeemed? I do what what was because, the moment because that made it I seem think, like he was redeemable. So here's the thing. They're all redeemable. They're all redeemable. No, there has to I, be something that shows you, like, you know what? I, like when Rebel started, I didn't think Callus should be redeemed. It wasn't until later. Look, you know? Look, I believe in restorative justice. 
And I believe that there is a way for all the bad characters in Star Wars to be redeemed. I like even even Darth Vader is technically redeemed by the end of it, and he does a lot of worse shit. Okay, but he's Sorry. only he's only really redeemed by Luke, and maybe the but audience if you choose to be redeemed. And he's redeemed. His, his, he's self redeemed as well. Like he's found yeah. a way to like move past like his own darkness. Yes. I like that's the thing about Star Wars. That I think is so fascinating is because it is fantasy. Like there is room for suspending realities, hardships, and seeing a way for characters to be redeemed. I mean that's that's why I still believe in Kylo Ren. Wow, we made it thirty one minutes before anybody mentioned <laughs> Ben Solo. Kylo Ren. Okay, I almost like, brought it up when during your Rebel Captain thing, but I didn't. I know, yeah. I know. But here's the thing with with Karn. I think that there is a moment in the, fi- the the final of these three episodes where everything has gone to hell and he is like oh my god my 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 these are the consequences of my actions because he was told not to do this he's got a yes. whole lot of people dead he's seen that this is actual like real crazy stuff and i'm sure he's gonna continue being crazy like i don't think he's suddenly gonna be gone but i think there's a moment where he like there's just a glimmer of humanity and i think that's what a lot of people have seen like i'll be i'll be honest like he's not my new favorite like cassian's always gonna be my favorite but i think that his character has the most potential to have some really interesting stuff because i think that the way that they have attracted people to not i don't want to say sympathize i don't think it's sympathize because i don't think anybody thinks this is not house of dragons i'm not going to support him in his rights and his wrongs but i i i think that i see what they're trying to do with him and i think that's what's so compelling about him and also like i don't know this is a really horny fandom, so of course everyone's gonna simp for him. <laughs> there are people who write Tarkin fix. Like I am not. I there's like very few people who I will yuck their yums. Like wow. that's I guess that's that's my thing. Like because I, but I think he's interesting. I think he's okay. Really fascinating. Okay, but I find this is just like it's always freaking white men characters, white male because characters. Those are the this men to being made villainous. Yeah, we would do the I same mean, for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Didn't see it happen that much with Reva. Are you Reva. kidding? What? Oh People my god! Reva. People were shipping her with everybody. She became the fandom bike for that. With with, with, with who? Obi Wan, with Vader, with oh, yeah. themselves, with like oh my god! I didn't see that on my Crazy, yeah. Tumblr. I went to that. Oh, Tumblr and Twitter though were super horny for this no. one. Oh yeah, no, like, it, not the fandom. and is, like everybody is... wanted her to be redeemed. Nobody wanted her to be bad. They wanted her to be like. She's also a trauma child. Like mm-hmm. she, we we love that. <laughs> I think the we thing, I think the thing with Karn is he is a product of his environment. He's young enough that if he lived during the Republic, like he doesn't remember it. He grew up in the Empire. He's like one of those characters who's just he. He reminds me of Nash from Lost Stars. Who, for those who haven't read Lost yes. Stars, yes. Nash is. An imperial recruit with the main character, Stan and Sienna, who is from oh. Alderaan, Alderaan, witnesses yeah. Alderaan being destroyed, and then that kind of causes him to double, triple, quadruple down on the Empire's message. He reminds me a lot of that in that I know Karn isn't an imperial. He works for this corporation. Premore, right? That's Primor. the corporation. He works for Premore Security, but he sort of believes in his corporation and in his corporate job. Just a little too much. Yeah. Which I find very amusing. Like, Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. It is very fu- Like, this is the guy whose favorite bedtime reading is, like, the employee terms and conditions. Like, yes. <laughs> and he probably tears up. Like, he probably gets really emotional at, like, some really good jargon. Yeah. Like, his favorite, his favorite movie is the training videos. The, the email yeah. actually does find him well. Because yeah. he got the email from work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I just I think he might be too real. He doesn't. Like, well, yeah. They all yeah. are. That's. I mean, that's the thing about like I feel like all of these characters feel very real. Well, I mean, and, like if you look at someone like Kylo Ren or even Darth Vader and stuff like that, they are still like this fantasy kind of villain in a way. Yeah. Well, these are because they wear really cool masks. I think yeah. that's what makes characters like Karn and also Hux more scary is because they don't hide behind a mask they are exactly who you who they who you think they are um which again like makes them really interesting to explore like the maybe i don't know what this says about me but something i find very fascinating in characters like in villainous characters and characters who are not the hero 
is they have the opportunity to make the right quote unquote choice constantly, but it's what makes them not make the right choice that I find very interesting mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. somebody, and like we see it with casting too, like he doesn't always make the right choice. And somebody who consistently makes the right choice is to me, not a very interesting character. Yeah. Because that's what I mean, they're all, all kind of messy. Yeah, exactly. Which I think, and like on paper, what he's doing is not wrong. Somebody showed up at work, killed two of his coworkers, pieced out, and his boss is like, what if we just wrote this off? Yeah. Yeah. So on paper, him wanting to chase Cassian down is not a bad thing. Like, Karn has not has not read the call sheet. He doesn't know Cassian's the main character of the show. No. So. And also, like, I think what this show is aiming to do is trying to make us look at the different points of view within a struggle like this. And Karn doesn't have the full picture. He's like, he thinks his job is all that because they're protecting people. He Mm -hmm. probably, he thinks the memos from the empire that they're doing good. He's not seeing what the empire is capable of because he's only seeing what his boss is reporting to him and what is on the hollow net. He's not, he's not at the heart of rebellion. He's not in Senate. He's not any of those characters. He's like the everyday person that is like, oh yeah, I'm doing my job and like we have new bosses and so I'm going to, I'm going to really do well because I I can see like upward mobility. Like he sees that, oh, maybe if I do really well at this job and I prove myself worthy, I can get a job at the empire and I can get like better benefits. It's It's kind of. And it's that slippery slope. And I think they're trying to show us that slippery slope. Like, you think you're on the right path. You think you are the hero of your story, but you're just a side character in the main character he story. He would definitely be the guy who would tell on his other officers to so get them choked by Dark Vader. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. 100%. He, 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 he's sort of reminding me of Ray Sloan. Yeah. 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 Like someone that, hey, yeah, stickler by the rules and maybe a superior is not following the rules, but they want to follow the rules. If you take too many bathroom breaks in a day and Cyril Karn notices, he will write you up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, I think that's what, like, does he, I don't know, do it for me? Not really. But no. do I find him interesting? Yes. When I found out that I knew people who went to school with him, I, like, instantly lost all attraction. I was just like, nah, pass. <laughs> Did he get too real? He got too real. He got way too real. Way too real. I literally had to rewatch his scenes after seeing Twitter sent for this guy because <laughs> I was like, what am I missing? Did he like help a kitten out of a loft cat out of a tree or something? Why is everyone like, oh my God, he's going to join the rebellion? And I'm like, what? I don't think he's going to join the rebellion personally. I think yeah. he's going to like do the right thing via Primor, but I don't think I don't think he's like the next fulcrum agent. I don't I think for how grounded this show feels, that feels a step too far. Yeah. But no, that's just I my was, opinion. I was just getting confused by a lot of the stuff on my timeline because I was like, am I watching Andor wrong? Because <laughs> I feel nothing for this man. Oh well when in one... doubt the fandom is just horny. Yes. Yeah. When in doubt. Never question it. Never question. And and I just wanna say that um I've seen before Kyle Soler, the actor who does uh, Karn uh, in Poldark. And yes. I got I, I to say that it was totally like, yeah, very good job that he's doing as Karn. Oh, yeah. Kyle's awesome. Who is he in Poldark? Handsome man, great yeah, actor. Was, Franz, Francis. Francis. Yeah, he's Francis. Uh, Francis Poldark, the cousin of Poldark. Yeah. No. Oh, my no, God. Wait, what's so funny about this kid is he is from Alexandria, Virginia. And then he went to William & Mary, he dropped out of their program, went to England and enrolled in the, like, Royal Academy or whatever, and then got married to a British lady, and that's why he kind of has an accent, but also sounds like he's from Virginia. Wow, it's I didn't know that. Boy. I thought he was British. And yeah, he did I, um, op- opposite 1776. He did. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he dropped out of, like, William & Mary is the funniest thing to me. It was like, mm-hmm. I'm actually, anyways, too much of this, like, uh williamsburg stuff i'm going back to the motherland <laughs> i mean why does why does anybody in this fandom simp for characters that are bad you know uh, i like, don't know it just, because they they tap into something and it, it characters like him i think are just ripe with potential for 
like interesting storytelling and I always think that fanfic writers look for characters that have the most potential and the most to explore even if it is just for like a smutty one shot like I think they like playing with characters that have depth if you have like a really good Ishishu character it's not as much fun do you know how much fic I downloaded to my kindle to prep for this hurricane I all the fic so much I bet yes all the fic because we're gonna get our electricity is gonna go out I hurricane. would like all of the wrecks for the good stuff heck yeah a lot yeah. of AUs, you know, like nice. What if this happened? It's like oh, a lot of Vader, you know, being like, oh my god, I have kids. Wow. <laughs> I love those fix. Love that for him. <laughs> He's yes. like, maybe I should be a father instead. <laughs> Speaking of fanfic fodder, I don't. I'm trying to. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. Fix Kayleen. Love her. Oh yes. Queen. We love. We love Bix Kayleen on the show. Yeah. Um, Athena is in a she, space. She knows what a mess Cassian is. Oh, yeah. Even though he has Diego Luna's face. She knows what's up. She knows. Okay. I know when Marva was making the list of ladies and B2 jumps in and says Bix. He's trying <laughs> to say Bix is looking for you. Bix. But I choose to read it as he's adding Bix to that list. And yeah, he was doing both. Because of Cassian's reaction, yeah, 100%. She belongs on the list. It has nothing to do with this. I'm like, well. They've gone zone town. Let's be real. Look, I'm just saying, Tem's reaction to Cassian's existence is somebody who knows that his girlfriend has bumped uglies with him. And he knows that he is nothing compared to Cassian. Nothing. And their energy. Their energy together. Like. Yes. And there's not, there's like no fic yet. And I'm really disappointed in fanfic writers. So if you guys could stop writing about Karn for like one minute, give me. <laughs> they give haven't me recovered Bixian. yet. Okay. Oh, Bixian. I like that. It's uh, it's catchy. Bixian? I came oh. up with it right now. I just I love, you know, a girl mechanic just trying to make her way in this galaxy. She's just trying to survive. The galaxy is not easy, but yeah. she's. Look, she's doing her best. And even like, I was making this point, and I think Starlight Beacon transmissions or something, but her um, with Tim. Tim with two M's. Tim with two M's. That's how you know it's Stacy. But her with Tim, like, Bix is incredibly smart because she is like, first of all, Tim does not seem like a bad guy. Second of all, like, he's, he's a sweetie. I don't know. Like, He's a sweetie. He's got a male job. Wife. He's got his own place. Male wife. Like, Energy, not, yeah. He's not male a mess. Wife? Male wife, yeah. It's like a thing. <laughs> What's that? No, you can't, male just, wife? you can't just say things like that and not explain them to me. Have you not heard the term male wife? No! <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say male wife or man yeah. wife? Male, yeah, male, male wife. wife. Yes. Is it like John Mulaney? Kind of thing? No. Like, Hang uh, on. Like, I'm gonna like get you a proper or... definition, but let me finish this point. Because I don't so... think I don't think he would cheat on Vic. <laughs> no. Ooh. Yeah. He's not a try guy. That's right. <laughs> yes. A man who is wife-like. Basically, like it's a thing. I mean, it, it would be like Boba and Fennec. Yeah. Yeah. Boba's got male. It's like it's like. It's what you want in a partner. It's like a, a a husband who is like emotionally present and like not just like I do the paycheck, you do everything else. So the bare minimum? <laughs> Which nobody seems to be able to clear. Yeah. Unfortunately. Okay. I didn't so know we have, have a word for this. men who clear the bar. And so so equality in a relationship. That's yes. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Equal partnership. Yes, 100%. Okay. We mentioned Kylo Ren. It's not this fandom. It's like every fandom. It's like it's just an urban dictionary word. Yeah, life. Was it the Zoomers? Not a Star Wars thing. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it was the millennials. Oh, it's a millennial. Millennials. Ted Lasso would be a male wife, for example. He is a male wife. He is a male wife. So just being a good spouse, being a good man and a good spouse. You guys are hurting my brain today. (laughs) Anyway, male wife Tim. What I'm where I'm going with this is like Bix is making the decision to like be with this person who is not the hot mess that Cassian is. And like, even if that means 
she doesn't get to see the galaxy at large. She's like here. She's on Ferrix. I almost said Fennec. My head is somewhere else. She's on Ferrix. Like she's just living her life. And then Cassian shows up with like the promise of adventure. And it's tempting for Bix, but she's like, you know, she goes over to Tim's because she wants to remind herself of like putting her life ahead of Cassian's mess. But Tim still can't handle it because he is a male wife, but even male wives make mistakes. All right. So anyway, Bix. Can I just say this tiny little detail that I love? I think I brought this up in Rogue Fun also, but I love that her braids kept getting messier Mm -hmm. and it's just something that always bothered me like as a child seeing like Princess Leia's hair always perfect and I get it she's a princess she has princess hair but like just you know when you have hair your hair in braids like that and you're doing physical labor oh yeah, yeah. you're gonna get those flyaway hairs and it just the whole this whole series feels very real and I know it's like because practical effects and practical sets and practical everything but can we talk about the set for a second though yes I want the door that the, the spinny door the circle door. I want that door. It's impractical, but I love it. It's like, it's beautiful. I don't know, like no shade to the volume. It's a really cool tech. Mm-hmm. But this like, it feels lived in. It feels like mm-hmm. I can open any of the doors and find something behind it. That's mm-hmm. what, It feels like what the original trilogy was. Because the original trilogy was really great about having like the scuff marks on the floor. Um, the blaster things on the boxes, the, the crates you know things like that mm-hmm. clothes that were dingy and worn in mm-hmm. which a lot of it was because it was like cheap to do and things like that but it felt real it felt lived in that's some complaints about the prequels are is it's too clean but yeah fantasy yeah no this felt very gritty very lived in it felt very like og style which i know rogue one was definitely trying to do too because it was supposed to be a partner to mm-hmm. the new hope no, but uh, it makes believable because at the end of the day if you think about it okay we know how the rebellion ended up happening but it's because of people that lived in all the struggles of the empire like people from ferrix that you see that struggle day to day working class you see you see it, 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 it makes sense the practical sets were pretty much great for it okay I was... anybody else have anything to say about Bix not about male wives <laughs> she's awesome um, I know the whole sex and Star Wars thing was like an annoyingly divisive thing last week but um, morning after in Star Wars love, morning after love. in Star Wars woman dressing after morning after I a woman, a woman coming over. Yeah, booty call. Her jacket off. Yeah, she was like, "We're we're doing phone. this. I need some." Like, What's up, Tim? And then the jacket opens, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god!" Like, I I was so beside myself. First of all, like the canonization of brothels. Like anyone here who reads Mandalorian fanfics knows that brothels are a fan favorite of this fandom. Also, anyone who's seen Clone Wars, you kind of see, you know, it's alluded to. Yeah, but but it's not not like, it's not obvious. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure like they took 14-year-old Ahsoka to a brothel once. Uh, Yeah, no, it's like, this is like blatant. Like, this is a Yeah, it's straight up. And this is what makes me like really happy because it's not just alluded to. It's like, here you go. Here is here's a brothel for you, and here's like morning after. Yeah, and I also just loved how they used sex in that moment, and like mm-hmm. the 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 layers to it because like she's definitely doing it to try to keep him off her trail of whatever she's up to because she's she's not stupid she knows he's interested in whatever's mm-hmm. going on, and then he is also guilty. And he's also thinking, I've gotten rid of Cassie and I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like, there's so much. And, so and, much there. And all the layers, I mean, we talk about this and talk about Tim. And um, at one point, I, I remember watching uh, episode three and how he ends, ends up being killed. And uh, obviously, the visceral reaction is like, uh, he had it coming. He, he rat on Cassian. But if you think about it, this show is amazing on the layers because, okay, Tim, he was jealous of Cassian, but he sees this, and he's concerned about Bix. Mm-hmm. 
and maybe he thinks, hey, Cassian is a is a dangerous guy. So I'm obviously his jealousy plus trying to. I mean, I'm just speculating. Maybe I'm reaching out, but yeah, you see all the all the layers. It's not like oh, black or white, and this guy is is mean and he hates Cassian because we are embedded then on Cassian, but is because he has motive. He had motivations to arrive I, at him. Yeah. I completely agree. I feel like Tim's problem is partially jealousy but partially because as far as he can he's concerned like cassian is a dangerous person mm -hmm. like cassian is wanted for killing two people so as far as tim's concerned like he needs to be out of the picture and if that makes it easier for him to be with big so much the better so yeah i completely agree all right so the last big character before b2 emo who is just his own special little bean um <laughs> is luthan our bix's contact from somewhere mm -hmm. which we Very can we can guess where he comes from yeah but bix's contact who has come to just buy an imperial thing off of cassian but it's like hey would you like to join the rebels he's been interested in cassian though before because that's what bix says right like he's been wanting to meet with him yeah, yeah. so we didn't get a ton of like a ton of time with Lufin, but no thoughts on him so far. Obsess of him. <laughs> well, no. Oh, you're sus of him. Yeah. I heard I'm obsessed with him. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys I have Arn. I have him, I guess. I, don't I know. mean, <laughs> when he, well, after he met Cassian and then they were surrounded, I thought he was really, it was, it showed all the like oh he put all this this explosives and got everything ready for them to get a get away from there it was it was kind of cool like it tells you about i mean maybe not just a recruiting some some guy recruiting for the rebellion is someone that he's he has his resources and he's been on the fight in somehow some way anything else i don't really have thoughts on luthan yet i'm kind of waiting to see where he goes I just yeah. have another thought. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we have uh, what's the name of the actor? Stellan Skarger? Yeah, Stellan Skarger. We, we have in any Star Wars project, we have Darcy as well. We have... <laughs> oh, we already have Natalie Portman. We need Kat Dennings in there too. Yeah, yes. Make That'd her Jedi. That would be so jarring. I don't know what I would do if Kat Dennings showed up in Star Wars. Got Dennings, yeah. I love her, but that would be so jarring. <laughs> I think she'd be like would... a rebel. She could like answer mm. the phone. No, I think that she would blend in. You just see her a lot playing one type of character lately. So yeah, you see her in some other different kind of dramatic stuff. She's good. Okay, fair enough. Mm. All right, last one, last guy we want to talk about. My favorite, two emo. Yes, a new baby boy. Aww. Just when you think they made all the cute droids, what do they do? Take my money. I know. They exactly. make a little one that looks like a lunchbox. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I talked about this before in Rogue Fun too, that I find it very interesting to see how characters treat droids, and that's a good judge of their character. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. And how they um, interact. I mean, except for Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, because Obi-Wan's like, I don't, who's this guy? R2D2, you know, whatever. R2-D2 is like, if I had a middle finger, dude, I would be. <laughs> no, R2-D2 and Chopper. Yeah, well, Chop, well, you see just the way, like, Hera treats Chopper. And, I mean, granted, Ezra and Zab don't treat Chopper very well, but I feel like it's equal. But they treat him like they would anybody else who's treating them that way. So the fact that Cassian is, like, He's asking B2 to lie and B2's like, Aww. that takes up a lot of processing power, which I love to yeah, hear. It's like I've only got enough processing power for one lie. For one lie, and that's it. Two is too much. But can we also talk how Cassian has the worst timing calling his droids? Because in Rogue One, it happened the same when he they were on the boat and he was and uh, the stormtroopers got to K2 and then, ah, K2, what's going on? I'm like, oh my god, that's Dude. And K2 is also like a really bad liar. 
yeah as well so we find out it's because like it takes too much processing power for droids to lie which i love it makes it make more sense because c-3po is also a bad liar he's like they're over there or something <laughs> rebels just left you know i'm kind of obsessed with the fan theory that b2's like i, I don't want to say soul i don't know what it is like processor like processing personality unit. something like that ends up inside of k2 oh i don't like, know if that's good or bad though kind of reminds me of like l3 in the falcon which kind of disturbs me a lot yeah unless like, b2 wanted to get ported over yeah to yeah, like yeah because or if Mr. he Bo had consent or if Mr. there was Bones. consent because <laughs> somebody pointed out that star wars made a point on their their little like recap or whatever that B2, it was like B2 Emu was or Emo was shown to be in good condition and didn't have a speech impediment, which I think is hilarious. Droids with speech impediments as somebody with speech impediments uh, in the past, but now he has one. And I was like, so maybe he's like degrading and like that's a way to save him is to put him into uh, the yeah. K2 unit. Because I don't, I don't remember this very clearly, but in Rogue One, the other Imperial droids like K2, they don't talk they like don't K2 talk. does. They don't talk at all. Okay. No. So yeah. either they have a speech function that's just disabled or they don't have one at all and B2's speech and personality function were just put into K2. But wait, but why aren't the Imperials like shocked that K2 can talk? Hmm. Because he talks in Rogue One to other Imperials. And he's like, I'm taking these prisoners to blah, 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 blah. Two thoughts. Either they're not very smart which is, or, which is very possible. Or they're simply too busy trying to figure out whether or not the humans are a problem. That they're that not the interrogating whether... Like, there's, there's droids that do talk. Like some of them do and some don't. Yeah, maybe some yeah. of them do because I just... Depending on like their, fun their immediate It's like Tala, Tala's uh, droid. Ned B. Ned B didn't talk. Yeah. It's very telling. You can find like yeah. how characters are like lit litmus test or something yep. for them well, except like, obi-wan <laughs> it's like real life like how a person treats like a dog it's like kind of you know like how a person treats an animal mm -hmm. right yeah. the sort of litmus test for how they are as a person all right as we wind this down on this and or eve now and or day as you are listening to it do we have any final thoughts on the first three episodes? I want on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, one thing that I think we didn't mention when the, the mall cops, the corporate guy, uh, the cops got there looking for Cassian, and I think I've seen it, uh, how, the, how the town started playing, like doing noise to alert. Mm -hmm. That was that was really nice, and somebody mentioned that it was something like, like we just said with Diego being part of that uh, writing's room, having uh, influence, bringing things from Latin America. I, I think that was that was a really nice nod. And what they call it, Cacerolazo, that, that was fantastic. Yeah, that was a really nice touch. Just can't wait for the next episode. Yay! Which by the time you're listening to this, we will have already seen. Um, so I can't believe how good episode four was, you guys. So good. All right. Amazing. All right. So on that note, Candace, where can everybody find you online? Uh, the best place is Twitter. Um, I'm Candace. I'm at Candace is a geek. Maggie. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the town. I have a link to in my bio to all of my various pursuits. And normal. You can all find me on Twitter at Norhal and in my bio, you can see all my links. And I am on Twitter at Arzu Amin. You can find this show on Twitter at Space Waffles Pod and you can find the network on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And we are at thegeekywaffle.com where you can find links to all of our shows. And we are also on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. So thank you all so much for listening. I didn't have a tag for this one. May the waffles be with you. Me too, emu. Me too, emo. I keep saying emu. Emu. <laughs> <laughs>
Feed to the waffles. <laughs> no, it was like, like my like my usual tag. Like, thanks for listening. Something may the waffles be with you. Feed to emo. Feed to emo. Okay, let me do that again. I want to know if I want to know if Cassian named him when he was like a little like I don't know. Emo Stop child? Boy, emo child. Yeah. I can't be too emo. Leave me alone, yeah. mom. It's not a phase. It's a lie. He, he was listening to my, my chemical romance. And... Oh, my God. How about Thanks Andor? Well. He never relents. Because that's the... Nandor says that. And... Nandor? Oh, um, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> We're calling this Andor the Relentless. <laughs> this is a mess. Thank you all for listening. We will be with you. And good night.